leaders, they always taught us that if you want to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, the first theological course you have to take is called prison theology. When the Chinese government started a new campaign of cracking down the churches, there's a new revival. New crackdown, new revival. Our guest on VOM Radio this week has experienced both crackdowns and revivals as a leader in the Chinese house church. He took and passed his course in prison theology. Today, he's one of the foremost voices speaking out for persecuted Chinese Christians. We'll hear why he sometimes misses those days of intense persecution and about another crackdown in China this week on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Uh, We're in the studio today with Bob Fu. Uh, He's the founder and the president of the China Aid Association. He's also the author of a uh, fabulous book called God's Double Agent. Uh, If you haven't read it yet, Bob shares his story in the book of, of coming to Christ in China, uh, being persecuted, eventually escaping. Uh, So I encourage you, go to vomradio.net, click on the store link, and order a copy of God's Double Agent. It is a great book. Uh, I will give you a warning, though. Don't start reading late in the evening, because you will not get a lot of sleep that night if you do that. So just uh, that's my warning. Uh, Bob, welcome to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Thank you, Todd. I read about reading your book, The House Churches in China. I read about uh, being a secret worker in the house church. And I wonder, as you look back, do you ever miss those days? Do you miss those uh, times of sort of adventure serving the Lord in China? Yes, you bet. And, uh, you know, coming to the U.S. as uh, um, refugees uh, 17 years ago, of course, uh, said ours uh, here in a free country, we— uh, don't uh, need to worry about holding a Bible study, have uh, uh, a consequence of uh, being readied or arrested, and uh, we don't need to really hide ourselves, uh, you know, from being listened uh, when we have uh, a, a Bible school. Um, but really, uh, I miss the time um, of uh, worshiping in the uh, very sort of a book of Acts atmosphere. And uh, if you allow me to say that, um, because the Chinese church is still a young church, and uh, especially at the time, uh, you know that the Lord has sort of destiny uh, setting for you. uh, It's called uh, prison theology. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you know that it's going to happen, uh, but at the same time, you, you enjoy... The what you call the adventure, uh, in a sense, really uh, adventure for the Lord. Um, uh, you uh, share the gospel, and knowing that uh, someday you could be 
uh, haunted, and uh, when you uh, organize secret Bible studies among university students, and you know that will be someday. Uh, the security agents will show up at your doorstep, and sort of you know that kind of uh, excitement and nervousness sometimes uh, make uh, you feel you are entering you know into really uh, some something bigger uh, in the kingdom of God, and uh, so I miss that time. Yeah. I think you're not the first person that's told me that. I've talked to people who say they miss being in prison <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. the Lord was so close to them and they just sensed his presence. And I think uh-huh. we lose a little bit because we don't live in that day-by-day, moment-by-moment dependence on God that you see in a nation like China. You talk about wondering, okay, are they coming through the door right now to arrest me? We don't live that way. We don't Really, most of us don't live thinking, you know, where's my next meal coming from? Or will I get arrested today? Uh, and I think there is something to be said for that. And you you mentioned the book of Acts, and that really is how they lived in the book of Acts. What's the latest uh, from China? It seems like in the last number of months, we have seen more persecution and more uh, oppression of the church there. Uh, catch us up on on what's going on in that country. Yes, Todd, um, you're right. In the past uh, few months, uh, we have seen really the persecution uh, dramatically increased. Uh, of course, we have uh, documented um, in the past year, uh, we have uh, seen maybe the persecution uh, has been marked the worst, especially even against the government-sanctioned churches, ironically, perhaps the worst uh, since the Cultural Revolution. Uh, we have seen the churches and the crosses were being forcibly removed, um, you know, uh, hundreds. And, uh, of course, uh, we have seen house church Sunday schools were attacked and Sunday school teachers were arrested, and some pastors are still in prison. What are the causes of this? And I think you mentioned in your answer the fact that three self-churches are being persecuted also. This is one of the uh, you know, 10 years ago, we heard from the Chinese government, well, if if the underground churches would just register, then everything would be fine and there wouldn't be any persecution. Now we see registered churches who are being persecuted. What's behind this? What's causing it? Politically, um, the uh, president, the new president, Xi Jinping, after he took power uh, a year ago, basically uh, turned the uh, ideology to a radical, radical left. Uh, in in the in the Chinese uh, kind of uh, Chinese concept, basically um, he tried to um, build up his uh, political base um, by turning against anything called Western value, and uh, there was a, a political sensitive document uh, issued um, banning. Uh, the so-called uh, seven topics, uh, you mean from the universal values to rule of law to constitutionalism. And uh, last year, I mean, even the Chinese military newspaper uh, listed like uh, three major uh, enemies of China uh, that um, uh, had uh, intention to uh, knock down China, it's called. first one is called constitutionalism. The second one is the universal values. The third one is Christianity. Oh, wow. Yes. And uh, so, so they, they see the growth of the church 
as a direct threat to the Chinese government. Yes, actually, it, it's uh, uh, on the new wave of uh, like um, uh, against the government sanctioned churches by uh, forcefully removing uh, crosses from the rooftop of the church to destroy some uh, big churches. Um, the uh, ideology behind that, we have seen some real credible secret document, uh, even you know reported and verified by New York Times. It says uh, the new campaign uh, is to contain the overheated growth of Christianity. So that's really the purpose. <laughs> the overheated growth of Christianity. From an evangelistic perspective, that's a great thing to have, overheated growth of the church. It is. You're listening to Todd Nettleton on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. You mentioned the new president. First question, what's his background? And second question, how much does the president set the agenda nationally in China? The uh, party secretary and president, Xi Jinping, uh, he was raised in a, a kind of, uh, in, we call it a princeling family, and his father was one of the Communist Party founders and the revolutionaries, uh, along with the Chairman Mao in the first generation. So he belongs to the red bloodline with the communism. And uh, ironically, you know, his father, um, after, during the Cultural Revolution, uh, was even persecuted politically uh, for his kind of reforming thoughts. And he himself, uh, Mr. Xi, was even sent to the countryside uh, to do some labor for education because of his uh, father's connection. And um, he even came to the U.S. after he, um, I mean, the China uh, opened the door and reformed economically. Um, but you, we can tell in the past year and a half after he took power, uh, the red line of his blood still uh, kind of uh, the mainstream in his thoughts. I mean, under his uh, watch, uh, directly, I think, uh, under his uh, uh, leadership, China has arrested uh, more political prisoners uh, in the past year than the previous decade combined. Wow. The, uh, over 1,000 uh, political dissidents were arrested. I mean, uh, over last year, we have documented over 3,000, you know, uh, Christian or Christian-related uh, were sentenced to criminal uh, imprisonment. And, um, of, so of course, this new wave of uh, anti, you know, the, the cross campaign was uh, directly, I think, has to do uh, with Mr. C's leadership. And uh, so it's not just uh, one province or somebody said, oh, it's just for illegal building kind of uh, construction or destruction campaign. How many churches now have had their crosses removed? And, and kind of tell us what the significance of that is, because typically these are registered churches. Am I correct in that? If, if they have publicly displayed a cross, they almost always are a registered church that had at least some approval to exist. What's going on now with, with the removal of those crosses? You're right. It's just uh, so ironical. Um, you know, in the past, if you—and uh, even the Chinese government uh, propaganda line was, uh, yeah, to the 
uh, house churches or independent churches uh, just come to register under the government, under the three self, and uh, you will be safe since you're legal. And uh, th so this new campaign uh, really, I mean, hit the nerve even within the government-controlled churches. I think it's really the number of churches, of course, uh, we have documented over 500. And uh, the, the real numbers um, you know, could be uh, nearly maybe 1,000 or more. I would now, have seen when you say 500, what kind of time frame is that? Is that in the last 18 in, in, months? or Yeah, in the last 18 months. Okay, within, wow. Within maybe 14 months. Okay. Yeah, we have seen, even like in the past few days, we have seen three or more churches where uh, the cross were forcibly removed. And uh, many of these churches, they were like registered um, uh, for 10, 20 years. Some of the churches, ironically, when they uh, open up, you know, with their big cross, uh, uh, the local Communist Party leaders, United Front Working Department leaders, uh, and uh, religious fairs of bureau officials were all there as uh, their local model projects. Wow. All of a sudden, you know, they became illegal structure, and uh, the only illegal part was the length of the cross was too long or too tall. And um, many believers were violently treated, were beaten up, tortured. Some pastors even end up in imprisonment uh, for just uh, praying uh, for, you know, the, the, the cross. What is the, the response of the churches and particularly the Christians? I think one of the things that's amazing to me and amazing to many of our listeners, I'm sure, is just how Christians respond to persecution. Um, how are the Christians in China responding to this new wave of attacks and, and oppression? You know, Todd, um, we have seen, of course, throughout the church history, certainly is, has been true uh, in the history of the Chinese church in China. And um, so there are two kind of uh, uh, responses uh, on the uh, regarding this new wave. And the, the first one was... Uh, Really, the mainstream uh, people think that as a kind of a new wave of um, of revival happening. And every time when the Chinese government started a new campaign of cracking down the churches, and uh, you can always uh, always right to predict to project and predict there's a new revival. And <laughs> and uh, you know from I remember meeting Samuel Lamb and he said persecution is good for the church. <laughs> yeah, would, in some yeah. sense, you know, I mean from 1983 when the strike hard campaign, I mean literally, you know, overnight tens of thousands of Chinese church leaders were gone into prison, but that started the new really the the big wave of revival and 1994 the same thing happened and and this time Ironically, it, it, the government target their own protected boys, you know, scout for their three-self patriotic churches. And we have seen even within the three-self church, now they finally realize, oh, you know, their government kind of uh, back up. Now it's not really reliable if they rely on the political force. And uh, really, the church is not a, a real church. So now it's a wake-up call. So many, uh, even three self-church believers, now we woke up. And, um, I mean, we just uh, have uh, uh, a conference in Hong Kong, uh, past, uh, training uh, uh, Christian leaders from China primarily 
for the um, house churches, what we have seen among the 1,800 church leaders, there are over 200 pastors from three self-church went to Hong Kong to receive our training. Wow. So the second re- response was uh, some feel, well, you know, this uh, church, the cross, is a visible kind of structure of Christianity. We shouldn't let them destroy easily. So there are some three self-church believers where like some even bind themselves with the cross for several days and nights. You're listening to Todd Nettleton on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. One of the things that that I want your insights in is um, how does the Chinese church prepare people to face persecution? Because, you know, you've mentioned these different crackdowns over the years, and and you can almost be sure that one is going to come sometime. How does the church disciple believers and prepare them so that when that persecution comes— they stand strong instead of falling away. It was uh, uh, interesting. Uh, you remembered uh, when you met with Alan uh, Yuan, with uh, Samuel Lam. I mean, they always uh, talk about this uh, uh, prison theology, or in the Chinese uh, church context, they call it the theology of the cross. You know, I think this is uh, the, the first kind of... Uh, uh, preparation uh, of our um, heritage of the house church uh, leaders. They always taught us that if you want to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, the first theological course you have to take is called prison theology. And nowadays, maybe, you know, for the younger generation, you know, they won't face the similar kind of uh, long imprisonment of uh, tw- 10, 20, some 30, some years, or even martyrdom. But still, like this kind of uh, persecution still happens, I think uh, it is a biblical kind of a mandate that uh, anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus shall be persecuted. And brothers were not only called to believe in him, but also to suffer for him or with him. So, I mean, this is uh, the essence of the theology of the cross. I think that's one. Number two, of course, uh, is the reality. I mean, basically, if one pastor is arrested or, you know, uh, put in detention, the new generation, the younger leaders have to come up, and um, and then they have to really prepare um, the next week's sermon, you know, <laughs> and with their pastor in prison in mind, I mean, what, you know, kind of message right. they Who's going to preach? Yeah, yeah. would preach. So it really is a sense of if it's not your turn now, your turn is coming to yes. face persecution. And uh, you mentioned Alan Yuan and, and Samuel Lamb, some of these people who spent 20 years in prison, uh, and the people of the church know their stories, they know their histories, and so they have that sense of, my turn will probably come, I need to be ready. Yes, and, uh, you know, this year actually marked the kind of uh, uh, 60th anniversary of the founding of the house church movement and also marked the 60th year's anniversary of one of the greatest uh, spiritual heroes of Chinese church, Pastor Wang Mingdao's arrest. So 60 years ago, he was arrested and uh, basically spent uh, two decades in prison and then the rest of uh, you know, maybe 10 more years um, after even he was re- released, 
he was not even allowed to travel uh, anywhere uh, out of Shanghai. Um, so I think uh, that is uh, still the spiritual heritage continues. It's kind of in the DNA of the Chinese church, that, that sense of uh, persecution and, and withstanding persecution. That's right. Tell us a little bit about what China Aid is doing right now specifically to help these churches that are facing this wave of persecution. Partnering with uh, uh, like these faithful partners like Voice of Martyrs and other global you know, families uh, for the persecuted brothers and sisters, um, China Aid has been focusing on the mission for exposing the abuses, encouraging the abused, and equipping the leaders. So we basically, by equipping, uh, we call 3E mission. Mm-hmm. So by, uh, by exposing, basically, we need to uh, let those brother and sister story be known so that we can pray specifically, we can know them better. They are family members, right? And uh, by equipping them, is, uh, they really uh, need, um, you know, the uh, biblical uh, under- understanding and uh, equi- equipping and also even rule of law, like legal training. And uh, we just, as I just mentioned, finished the conference uh, in Hong Kong um, in the beginning of March. For four days, we have uh, 1,800 Chinese pastors and Christian leaders wow. went there. And some traveled like four, I mean, three, four days and nights on the train from as far as the border of China and Russia in order to go to Hong Kong attend this conference. And 200 were even blocked from the Chinese, uh, by the Chinese security. And many of them, you know, went to Hong Kong, even received the warning of persecution. And so you can see the hunger and the thirst, you know, for, for, for being equipped on the biblical view of government, law, and, uh, you know, build a foundation for their faith. And by really uh, encouraging is uh, we are one family. So if one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. So basically we provide the family prisoner support. Of course, we, along with working with VOM, we do letter campaign uh, to uh, write to those uh, persecuted in, in the prison, to their family members. And, um, you know, we just basically let them know they are not forgotten and uh, they are our family members. What was the spirit at the uh, gathering of pastors? One of the great things about a gathering like that is the sense of encouragement of just knowing that you're not alone. Uh, hey, here's here's 1,200 pastors. Uh, you're not the only one who's facing trouble or persecution. What was the level of, of kind of encouragement that they drew just from being together? Oh, it's just uh, amazing, like a spiritual feast. You know, basically, they can't, even these 1,800 pastors, Christian leaders, they can't have a, a such gathering inside China. And um, it's just, uh, you know, I noticed some of those pastors who were former prisoners, and uh, some were even at VOM, you know, newsletter, uh-huh. like Pastor Juan. It was uh, tremendous uh, when, when I met with them, and they gave me a big hug, and uh, basically, you know, I said, thank you for being a voice for our voiceless uh, brothers and sisters. Thank you for sending the uh, support to my family. Thank you for sending uh, legal defense. You know, we, that's one unique thing China Aid has been doing. We provide legal defense fund to uh, support the Chinese Christian lawyers to defend those prisoners in the court. 
So the all just uh, you know express that uh, gratitude and um, it's uh, really a spiritual feast. And uh, of course, I could see themselves interact. You know, from Heilongjiang, somebody interact with somebody from Xinjiang, and the exchange. You know, the, I mean, there's uh, their their contact and fellowship together. To seeing you know the, those our persecuted fellowship together, you know, that's another characteristic of the family feast. Right? Absolutely. Bob, as we finish up today, just uh, help us know how to pray for the church in China. We always want to equip people to pray effectively. How can we pray for believers in China right now? I think um, the first thing is to be informed. You know, log on the uh, website of uh, ChinaAid.org, and if you want to know their specific names uh, of those uh, persecuted brothers and sisters, because before you pray, you want to know who they are. And of course, you know, VOM has been also um, on the prison. There is a prisoneralert.com. You can you can write letters uh, to persecuted brothers and sisters in prison. And um, you can send support. I think that is another way, you know, to um, help those brothers and sisters. And Bob, lastly, how can we pray for you? And how can we pray for China Aid and for their ministry? Well, thank you. Uh, we are based in Texas, and uh, certainly, you know, we are still uh, needing, you know, a lot of um, resources. Pray for our staff. You know, we. Uh, the Chinese government is uh, not letting up and, uh, you know, from uh, attacking from the Internet attack to really physical harassment to our staff when they travel. Uh, so pray for the safety and uh, really pray that um, that the uh, strengthening of spirit that we know we're not fighting with flesh and blood. You know, it's a spiritual warfare. It's a warfare that involves really the 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 divine, you know, the the God's intervention. So pray for our staff not to be intimidated and uh, we can stand strong and uh, united and in solidarity with our persecuted family members in China. Amen. We have been speaking with Bob Fu, the founder and president of the China Aid Association. Uh, I'll remind you of Bob's book, God's Double Agent. You can get that if you come to vomradio.net and click on the store link. Uh, Bob, thank you very much for being with us on Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, Todd. You can connect with Bob online as well as the China Aid Association at the website he mentioned, chinaaid.org. Always a great site to keep up with what's happening with Christians in China. If you missed any of today's conversation, you can listen to the whole thing at our website, www.vomradio.net. You can listen to other VOM Radio episodes as well to learn about Christians in Iran, Afghanistan, Nepal, and other nations. And there's a link where you can access VOM Radio as a podcast. I encourage you to share the show with your friends, and please submit your questions or comments to us too, which we might use on the air. You can also call our toll-free comment line at 1-800-757-5069, 1-800-757-5069. If you click on the store link at vomradio.net, you can order a copy of Bob's book, God's Double Agent. It's an outstanding book. 
If you like heart-pounding reads, God's Double Agent is a real page-turner. As you learn about Bob's double life as a house church leader and a Communist Party school teacher inside China. Use the hashtag VOMRadio if you're tweeting about our conversation today and connect with us on Facebook at The Voice of the Martyrs USA. I hope you'll join this week in praying for Christians in China and that you'll join us next week on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.